I don't know about you, but I'm starving, Gwen Cooper said, staring up at the clock on the wall. It was a curious little timepiece, with a numeral seven repeated twice in place of the eighth hour. They have been scavenging information for the best part of the night. The sun might have come up outside bathing Cardiff in breakfast light, but it didn't reach down into the murky depths of their pit. The clock was a joke. Time was irrelevant in the hub. Day and night was just the same. All work and no play makes Owen a really miserable sod. I could murder a fry-up. Let's go eat. He picked up the cold slice of pepperoni pizza and skimmed it like a frisbee towards the bin. It came to a rather sticky end. You come in, Tosh. She looked up from the array of screens, the rapidly flickering images reflected in her glasses. Breakfast in a greasy spoon. What girl could resist? She took her glasses off and placed them neatly perpendicular to the edge of her keyboard, equidistant from the bottom of her PDA, her silver pedestal clock and the set of yellow post-it notes. It was the one piece of order in the chaos that was her desk. She knocked them an inch's cue. It was a deliberate act of petty rebellion. Grinning despite herself, Tosh pushed back her chair. It was Yanta who finally said what was on everybody's mind. Where's Jack? It had been hours since they had last heard from him. They were all worried, but no one wanted to admit it. He rubbed at his chin. Tosh, cell phones give off signals, right? Even when they aren't being used. She nodded. Each one has a unique signature, like a low jack. Just as long as it's turned on, you can track a phone. You know what I'm thinking. She nodded again and pulled her chair back under the desk. She typed in a quick command chain, then followed it with two more executed routines, narrowing the search. Jack's cell phone came back dead. It's not turned on. Can you set it so we can the moment it comes back online? Done. I'll stay here while you guys go for breakfast, Yanto volunteered. No need, Tosh said. We'll get an alert via our phones the moment he comes back online. Still, I'd rather... We all would, Yanto, Gwen said but staring at the screen won't help. They took the elevator platform up and slipped out through the perception filter onto Roldal Plus without any of the morning commuters noticing. The four of them walked out of the shadow of the fountain across the plaza. It was a different kind of chaos to the mess on Tosh's desk. All the motion appeared so utterly random, bodies moving on a million different trajectories throughout the day, constantly intersecting without colliding. There was order at the root of the chaos, dictating the footsteps of the daily commute. The smell of sea air blew away any last lingering relics of the evening's revels. Spilled beer mixed with sweat, urine, even vomit. Added to that was the grease dripped from kebabs and smeared underfoot, an excessive perfume, cheap and cheerful as well as designer pricey, and all those more suggestive undercurrents the lust and danger pheromones that clung to the dark places, the residue of sticky fumbles and good kickings. Gulls floated in lazy circles above their heads. The birds mirrored the order of the world below them as they glided between the more energetic starlings that infested the old town's rooftops. The white shapes of the gulls flew in ever-expanding crescents while the starlings flitted hither and thither in bursts of black feathers. A spike-haired busker stood on the corner, 
leaning against the railings as he strummed his way through a mellow interpretation of the alarm's 68 guns. Gwen dropped a pound into his guitar case, earning a flourish of chords and a wink from the busker. The café was on the far side of the place, sandwiched between a trendy coffee house with its faux modern art and overpriced you-can-have-anything-but-black-coffees and a video store without a single video in its racks of rentals. It was narrow enough that standing two abreast, they could reach out fingertip to fingertip from wall to wall. Ten small melamine-topped tables were crammed into the dining area. Two of the tables were occupied, the others were empty. Some thoughtful soul had made a ketchup mountain in the middle of the one nearest to the window. In the corner, there was a small black-and-white portable TV on a precarious wall mount. Ah! <sighs> Owen breathed in deeply, savouring the smell of the grease and the fat as the pans in the kitchen hissed and spat.